What is up, Boda people? Welcome back to another episode of the BodaCast. We are on episode six now. We got a great little show for you tonight. We got James and Zach with me, Drew, here hosting for you this week for the, the first part of our bi-weekly podcast. What is going on, guys? Mm-hmm. My soggy people? Howdy. I saw a kid shit at work today. It's going to be a good time. Shit right in the floor. <laughs> I'm ready to party. Did you, did you really? Did you actually see a kid shit on the floor? Is this is this is this factual? He he kind of, uh, he kind of like pooped and then sat down, <laughs> like indirect on the floor, but uh, it, it happened. All right, way to start Bodacast this week, guys. <laughs> Sounds like a fun day of work for James. Yep, brown surprise. All <laughs> right, so we got a, a little bit of a shorter episode for you this week. We hope. Um, Going straight into some news on the week, um, then we'll hit the NFL recap, and then we'll throw some other stuff at you guys coming after that. Um, so, kick it off with the football news. Looks like Gronk is back, baby! Yeah, no. No, no, no just, just kidding. That, no. that big announcement was no, no, just no. his Super Bowl party, not his yes. Super Bowl playing. Correct. Uh, yep, he Marketing. announced today. He announced you today. can't hate him for what he's doing. I mean, he's making money, man. No, I know. I mean, in definitely, young he's definitely his brand, he's making his brand better by marketing himself at a Super Bowl and throwing a giant party. Because, like, when you think about Gronk, you think about amazing plays and partying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what bigger place? I mean, he to went party? to what Arizona, Arizona State, in, in Miami, no less. In Miami, and let's let's be real, his Patriots are probably going to be there at the end, Most so. <laughs> He'll he'll have someone to party with for sure. We'll get we'll get those rumors spinning right now. Is that he's just gonna step in for the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. He's he's gonna leave his Super Bowl party at halftime with the Patriots down by twenty one and lead him around. Be like a drunk Rudy. By halftime, my <laughs> halftime prediction is Gronk runs on the field shirtless, drunk, trying to catch a pass from whatever quarterback will throw it to him. <laughs> from anyone willing any to throw it to him. Any quarterback. Literally, could be a fan from the third row, like just anybody. It doesn't even have to be a football. Yeah. He'd prefer it be a beer. Honestly, if they they chucked a beer cannon, a full beer cannon, hmm. and you shotgunned it, that would be pretty epic. I think that would be the best halftime show we've had in years. Gronk special. <laughs> At least we'd see both nipples and not just one. That's Gronk like, oh, just getting it. It wouldn't be accidental. Yeah, <laughs> Gronk hour hour for the halftime. I'd be so into that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on from football. Um. So on, on to Colin Kaepernick's tryout. Um, that I guess whole not on football, but <laughs> still on football. Um, Moving the, the on from football. football. <laughs> and after football, more football. <laughs> this is Texas. <laughs> so uh, Colin Kaepernick and his debacle of a, a workout for the mm-hmm. NFL um, canceled it an hour before, moved it to a venue an hour away at a, at a high school down the road. Um, allowed the media coverage, which was kind of cool. Um, what do you guys think about the the whole stunt overall? I mean, it was really weird. Dumb. Yeah, I I mean, it really was like why like the whole point is like you you keep saying I'm ready to come back, I'm ready to come back, and then you cancel the whole thing an hour before you're supposed to start, and then just move it somewhere else. <laughs> like, why would you take bikini bottom and push it somewhere else i just don't get it <laughs> no I, it, it, 
to me, it seems at this point that he's way more in it for, you know, just getting the time of day to say something to the media. And that was the only way he could because the NFL closed the media out of of the initial workout. But I I don't know. I, I don't think anyone wins from this. I just thought it was pointless. No, I don't think so either. And I mean, Drew, it really goes to show like what you and Chris were talking about last week. Um, the baggage is still there. It still very much so exists. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, even more so than before, that he's just... He did not check his baggage at the gate. It still exists on the plane. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. No check bags. I'll carry on. Yeah, I'll carry on, baby. Oh, yeah. So... I'm happy with that one. <laughs> I don't think we need to spend any more time talking about that. I think no. it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of the sports world at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really think it's just not going to burn out. I, I, he had his chance. He came up. He used it for completely something different. Yep. I, th- I think it's safe to say yeah. that Colin Kaepernick will never set foot on an NFL field as a member of either one of the competing teams. Right. All right, on to uh, a little bit of baseball news. Continuing on from last week with the Astros scandal, um, Rob Manford started talking about it a little bit, and he's very serious about a thorough investigation into everything that happened. Um, as we know, he did warn teams last or um, after the Red Sox incident where they were using the um, smartwatches to steal yeah. the signs from the Yankees. Um, he said that any future incidents would be punished, um, at least with the loss of draft, draft picks. So here, here's my question. They, they found out about this recently. However, it happened in 2017, correct? correct? So my question is, when a did the Red Sox scandal happen in comparison to the so Houston the, scandal? The Red Sox issue was the same season. Correct. Earlier in the year. Okay, so then I, it wasn't much earlier. I they're honestly, screwed either way. I they screwed the pooch on that one. Well, I think the Astros scandal may have been going on during the Red Sox thing but right but they found the red sox thing first right. and then any subsequent scandal uh, that was going on regardless would... yes they, they found out about this one after um i think it was ongoing after the conclusion of the red sox issue mm. um so yeah and at that point I, there's so much evidence it looks like even on their their world series dvd you can see the little what looks like the setup that they had with a cable and a laptop and a chair and the big trash barrel um and everything mm-hmm. so you know, which is bizarre. Well, I mean, why would you put that in your? Why would you? Like, right, you got because they have the, the video of the guys coming down the tunnel, and it's, oh, it yeah. has to be right there. Because they have balls. <laughs> they want to be like, this is what we did. They're Try like the Zodiac us. killers of stealing signs. They're like, we're gonna just drop these little hints yeah. all over the place. <laughs> Except we know who did it. Right. Yeah. No, they were very much yeah. less right. successful than the Zodiac. Well. Well, like Ted Bundy, like Zodiac Ooh. killer. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. I honestly forgot. I know we've talked about baseball a lot. I forgot Rob Manfred was a commissioner, and I always will think it's Bud Selig for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Bud Selig's like forever commissioner in my brain, but good no. job, Bud. Yeah. Before before reading our our podcast uh, overview, I honestly couldn't tell you who the commissioner of the MLB was. I really don't pay attention, <laughs> honestly. No, fair enough. But that's a good thing. Uh, yeah. You don't know the commissioner of the MLB's name because there's not all kinds of bullshit around Rob Manfred because he's a good commissioner. Right. I mean, he's a good commissioner, <laughs> but it's a dying sport, so unfortunately he has that on his shoulders. The yeah, MLB's doing just like fine. <laughs> the MLB is fine. <laughs> they make plenty of money. Yeah, the money's fine. 
itself is. Anyways, we'll continue. Anyways, that so anyway. looks like <laughs> Rob Manfred, pending investigation, wants to levy some serious penalties on the Astros. Um, and it'll be really interesting to keep an eye on how those affect the season coming up. Yeah. Um, then moving on, some other updates from the MLB world. Um, looks like Strasburg potentially could be re-signing with the Astros um, after opting out of the, the last couple the year of his deal. Um, I'm not shocked. I think he just wanted to test the waters, or he wants to test the waters a bit. Yeah, I, just see what he's worth. It never hurts. Absolutely, I completely agree. And he's earned it at this point. He's been there his whole career, and can't blame the guy for wanting to get out there and at least see what he's worth. Yeah. Um, and why would you leave a World Series winning right. ball like that with the young talent that Washington has? That they got a a long road ahead of being contenders. Right. I mean, has Strasburg played for any other team? No. No, he's been in Washington. No. So I mean, you know, maybe it's it's something like, you know, you're like you said, testing the waters, but also seeing like, kind of like taking a step back, like not being committed to any team at the moment, being like. Do I want to go play for the money, or do I want to stay at the team I got drafted at? I just won a World Series. Like, I could go anywhere, honestly. Right. So, I think it is a big kind of splitting point yeah. in his career where it is a crossroads of, you know, he can do whatever he wants at this he point. He really can. I mean, yeah. He, he's won his World Series. He's got a and huge MVP, contract right? ahead of him. I don't uh, – he won World Series MVP. Yeah, 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 yeah that's World Series MVP. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. Um, so, yeah, he's got a, a lot of options ahead of him. Um, right. But it wouldn't be surprising to see him stick at home in Washington. Um, no, I was just I was just surprised that he opted yeah, out of the contract at first. Yankees but then I could understand. Yeah. Um, if he ever sets foot in, if if I ever see Steven Strasburg in a Yankees uniform, um, that will be the end of any hope the MLB has of winning me over. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I it would be heartbreaking to see Strasburg go to the Yankees. I'm glad we avoided that with Bryce Harper. Um. They still got Gene Carlos Stanson. Well, whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, they have Aaron Judge, so it really doesn't matter who else they have. Yeah. Uh, I know. But yeah, um, other potential big names have uh, been floating around uh, for Washington signings, um, including Mookie Betts and uh, Garrett oh, Cole. That would be interesting. Um, that, would, that would be... I wouldn't extreme. hate Mookie in Washington. I... I would, if he has to go somewhere, I'd, I'd want it to be Washington. Uh, he can, if he can't stay here, Washington's an okay spot for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they were able to land Garrett Cole, I think that would almost be a bigger story than if they got Mookie Betts. Right, because you're you're taking on a pitcher who you just beat in the World Series. Right, you arguably now have the best pitcher in the MLB in Garrett Cole. Right, adding to a rotation that. On Still top of Max Scherzer, Scherzer, and if if they end up re-signing Strasburg and adding Cole, that's probably the best starting three in a rotation we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, there are teams that are, are right up there. Don't get Verlander, me wrong. Verlander, Cole, and um, Granky. Granky was yes. Um, Granky's a little past his prime. Well, oh no, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. The year before that. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, like that, that's was, a big one. That um, was, that was huge. The, the one that always jumps out to me is Roy Halladay, Roy Oswalt, and uh, and they had Cole Hamels over there in Philly. I think mm-hmm. he was their fourth starter. I forget who their third one was. But anyways, when they, they won in 2008. 
Yes, that ridiculous was pa- rotation. Was Pavelbon on the team then when, when he won the World Series with them? Mm, I, I thought th- he went there in 2009. Did he? I don't know. He might have been. I feel like he won the World Series with them the year after he they he won the World Series with us. He might have. It's possible. Um, but regardless, yeah. Uh, moving on from the Nationals, the the Cubs are looking to make some moves in a wide open NL Central. Um, and they they don't seem to have anyone off the table. I uh, wouldn't be su- surprised to see some big names come and go from Chicago this year. Um, that could really shake up. Uh, bless you, James. And, uh, Thank you. <laughs> of course. Uh, but that would really shake up the, the landscape in that wide-open division, um, force some other teams to make some moves as well, I think. Um, it would be interesting with Milwaukee getting Yelich back this year, hopefully, and mm-hmm. what they can do to build around him moving forward um, for, for clubs that clearly know that they are threatened. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's all we got for for news around the sports world this week, I believe. Uh, moving on. Uh, to- I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna throw my red flag on that one. Oh, James is throwing the challenge flag. Uh, I don't think you can move on without first talking about Tua going down with a hip injury and requiring surgery, ending his Alabama and college career. Yes, this is true. That is pretty huge. Yeah. Uh, sucks for him. Still a first round pick. Um, I'll say it right now, Nick, a lot of people think Nick saved him to the wrong thing and kind of want his head on a platter. He played the game. We've seen comebacks. He did what he had to do. Don't try to tell me though, that you're running a two minute or you're teaching two of the two minute offense. He is arguably the best quarterback in Alabama history and not a strong argument against him. You're dumb trying to go out there and say that you're a better coach than that saving. A big winner of this is Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Because his draft stock just went up high. Justin Herbert, you're now looking at a potential top three pick. Even with uh, Chase Young being the best uh, player in college football, no way they don't, or Joe Burrows or Justin Herbert don't go one because quarterback is the big need this year. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the teams that you have picking at the top are all looking quarterback, uh, minus a Washington. Uh, the Jets, I really don't know what direction they're going to go with their pick. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the Jets know what they're doing with their pick, so we'll find uh, out. Really no solid. idea. I mean, um, but, yeah, I, I am a firm believer that Burrow is going to go to, to Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, I've said that, too. I mean, it's hometown hometown pride, like Ohio. It, it makes too much sense. Um, I don't think we'll see an Aaron Rodgers situation where he gets screwed over by the hometown team. Um but uh, Burrow to Cincinnati, I think. Um, I still think the Dolphins are pretty set on Tua, um, injury or not. That's a risk, man. Uh, it, I think it depends on his availableness and his readiness to go. I feel like they'd be reaching. The I feel like they'd be reaching if they, they picked him Supposedly now. he'll be throwing. Yeah. Sorry, Zach. Didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that's all right. I'm just saying, though, because like, I, I, I've – looked at the draft you know the draft rankings and obviously the, you know it's one person's take on it but i mean they the person had them like substantially low like it, like mid second round pick for tua for tua yeah remember i we talked about this last week he was like number 50 or 51 which is which is insane because if he's the best quarterback in arguably in alabama history well one would think that he would go a little bit now, higher than that 
best quarterback in Alabama history isn't saying as much as it sounds like it is. No, no, I understand. But, I mean, for, <laughs> but, but if you think about it, as dominant as a team Alabama has been in the past, what, 20 years? I mean, just think about it in that span. The past 20 years is the best Alabama's ever been. And if, well, best, if, if you, best 10, let's be honest. Best 10, last 10, yeah. That's fair. But, yeah. but look at the quarterbacks that have come out of Alabama in that time frame. A.J. McCarron. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. A.J. McCarron. Can you name another one? No, honestly, you're right. I can't think of another one off the top of my head. There's got to be another one floating, but... Oh, I'm sure there is. Well, I mean, but, but then but then the whole point for me is that that just feeds into my argument. Why would you draft him that high if even though he's the best quarterback, you know what I mean? Well, because it, when you watch him, he has the tools that you want so out did, of your quarterback. So did A.J. McCarron, apparently. Well, no, no one drafted. Yeah, there's a real weird split of Alabama quarterbacks <laughs> through history. AJ McCarron is like the only one in the NFL right now, but then you got Joe Namath and then Bart Starr. <laughs> I mean, those so, are two pretty good names. Yes, <laughs> you got some big old shoes, though, man. Old as shit. That's that's just a different eon. That's, of that's not even that's not even in the NFL. Like that's pre-NFL. That's like AFL. Yeah. That's pre-Super Bowl. You're talking about two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Literally. Yeah. But to not have any names in between. (laughs) Yeah. Those guys there. And then nobody since. A lot lot of Alabama talent in between. Not a lot of Alabama quarterbacks in between. I I think Alabama with this slides out of the playoff, too. Um, I think last – they released it tonight. I think they're still in. Um. I don't see Alabama sticking in it. Their backup is not that good. He can't air it out like Tua. He doesn't spread the field as well. Um, it looks like right now Alabama's sitting out. So yeah, yeah, I, I can get behind so who that. Who takes their spot? Uh, Georgia. Georgia. I got a weird feeling in my gut that Georgia's gonna win it all this year. Really? This is the time Georgia does it. Yeah, Jake Fromm's experience, man. They got a really good defense and. I, I don't I don't see any way Jake Fromm doesn't lead them through it. The only thing that's gonna hurt, hold them back is Kirby Smart being stupid, but we'll find out. <laughs> that's fair. Only time will tell in that yeah. case. Um, I think LSU still has a legit shot, of course. Um, I think Burrow's the real deal, and and their defense is always always stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even against like um, who they play, Ole Miss, who is not great this week. Like they they were fine. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be a story going into the playoff, but I think LSU's defense is fine. Agreed. Ogeron is a very good defensive line coach. Perfect, perfect. All right, you guys ready to move on to NFL? Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk some pros. Let's do it. So let's kick off our recap for the week. We'll talk about the football portion of our Thursday night debacle. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> No need to go miles. I mean, there's definitely a lot to debrief on that game. I I think I think we covered um, a majority of it this past Friday. Um, I, we're just just solely talking about the game. I understand that that happened during the game, so I mean, it, it'll be it'll be hard for us kind of not to go into it, but we'll do our best for you guys. <laughs> so there was actually football played that day, believe it or not. Um, the Browns were able to, to come out of there with a much, much needed win um, to stay alive in any playoff hopes whatsoever. Um, and it was nice. It was a real nice, like, little ego boost to see them in the hunt 
quote unquote, uh, Monday yeah, night. They're, they're, <laughs> they're the bottom feeders of In the Hunt. They though. are. They're fringe yeah. of the fringe. Like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take everything. They, I, no, I understand. They I are like hanging onto the cliff with one finger in the hunt. Oh. Like, <laughs> hey man, they've done they've done real well in their division. They're undefeated in the division right now. I mean, two games, but two games against the Steelers and the Ravens. They still haven't played Cincinnati. <laughs> it, let's not even get into it. We'll talk after this week if they lose to Miami. <laughs> if I'm worried yeah, about this, is, remember remember what we told talked about if they lose oh, to I know. Miami. don't worry i'll have the jersey hanging ready to go good it'll be on the line now, james yeah I, I think you should be thrilled as a browns fan at this point at a point in the schedule where you got what eight games left mm-hmm. nine seven games left and yeah. you got one against miami and two against cincinnati right no i'm i'm very excited about those last eight games um obviously one more against the ravens uh, two weeks we got the Steelers again, which is going to be a bloodbath. We talked about that. <laughs> I am high-key excited and nervous to see them play the Cardinals. That's going to be fun. I think that's going to be a very fun game. Uh, they did, I think. They, they played the 49ers this year, right? Already? Ready? Yes, they shit-stomped us. It was bad. It was embarrassing. Nick Bosa made me want to cry. Your your older brother made you want to yeah. cry. What a shame. My older, yeah, uh, as the youngest of the Bosa family, actually, yeah, uh, did not feel good. Te- actually, technically, you're older. Uh, I'm the middle child. That's even worse. <laughs> no, no, because I think Joey. I think you're older than Joey too. Probably, I'm, actually, I yeah. think you're older than Joey Bosa. So you're the oldest. You're the eldest Bosa. <laughs> oh, that's so that rough, sucks, dude. dude. Your little brother's years old. Oh, we got to go into the birthday. Let's see. July 11th. I'm the oldest Bosa. Ah. <laughs> I'm the oldest Bosa slash cousin. Great. <laughs> I think Kirk Cousins got you beat by a few years. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. No, but I'm his child. That's my illegitimate father. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. You have, you have the <laughs> illegitimate father of the eldest Bosa son. <laughs> What a story that's come out of Bodacast this wow, week. I think we're just gonna I think we're gonna get that storyline rolling, please. Uh, Daddy Bosa, and then let's just move on with our lives, please. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I think we should move on at this point. Yeah. Um, We've talked enough. Big thing out of that game: Browns Steelers. Browns get a win. Steelers are five and five. They don't have much life. Uh, they are just kind of wandering yeah. through a forest with no yeah. hope. Um, neither team is 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 doing too well. No, I, I don't think this season goes anywhere for either of them. No. Uh, but I do think the Browns have a chance to make the playoffs just because of the um, lack of schedule. strength of schedule. Remaining. Yes, they play really shitty teams. There's potential. I love it. I so then we'll move on to ready. Another, another tank bowl? Yes, yet another tank bowl, wow. ladies and gentlemen, exactly. between the Jets and Redskins. Uh, I can't figure out who the worst team in the AFC East is. Is it the Jets or is it the Dolphins? I still think it's the Bills, but that's Let's uh, Hold on now. All right, I'm, I'm kidding. The, the Bills defense is legit. but uh, No, it's definitely Miami. It has to be Miami. Is it? Yes. Is it? Is, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I can't go any higher. I don't know, man. Yeah. The Jets are just so mismanaged across the board. Okay. It, it might be the Jets. It really I, might be the Jets. 
if you want if you want to look at a management standpoint, then I'll agree with you. It's definitely the Jets because they literally tried trading all their star players behind their backs and they didn't and then they like took it back and they're like, nah, no, nah, we didn't try trading you. And then like all the reports came out, they were like, Yeah, you did. Yeah. And, well, and, and yeah, yeah. Well, so, well, so well, it's, all, well, it's all fucked. It's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. But yeah, I mean you know who you don't make wise, that? the Dolphins are garbage. They they they're literally running like a high school like double A team on right. the field. But does it matter Josh Rosen? Does it matter if you have more talent than someone else if you go out on the football field and can't beat them? Oh, oh. I'm just talking talent wise. Talent wise, the Dolphins are talent wise. The, the Jets. Jets' talent did absolutely nothing against the Dolphins' talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called off game. The most. The most How many off games can you have in a season before you're trash? I don't know. Apparently, for the Dolphins, like ten. Shit. The most unfortunate thing for me about how the Dolphins have played this year is that I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be like a moment for Josh Rosen to like turn it around and show that he's actually good. So I had a little bit of faith in Josh Rosen last year, and man, was I wrong. Josh Rosen has not been good. Well, I still don't think that's fair. He's still not in a good situation, but... Right. eh. It's... It's not just not a good situation. It's a team that actively traded away all of their offensive linemen. He somehow managed to go to a worse team. Oh, yeah. He went from the second worst team last year to the worst team team this year. year. (laughs) So you would agree that the Dolphins are worse than the Jets by your previous statement. Thank you. Anyways, moving on. Moving on. Um, So... (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the Colts-Jaguars game. Um, the Colts looked like a real football team again after losing to aforementioned Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, they did have Brian Hoyer throwing the ball, so. Yes. Um, side note. Side note. A little terrible. I don't know if it was intentional, but good, like, good job on Frank Wright for maybe doing load management and kind of running the ball more. I don't know if that was, like, their game plan to go like run heavy, but so yeah, you're gonna have Jacoby out there. Be smart about it. Sure. Yes, that's great, and they got a really good win over the Jaguars. However, they lost their mm-hmm. best running threat, Marlon Mack. But it also looked like that didn't slow the rushing attack down very much. It didn't. It Losing didn't. Marlon Mack opened the door for a couple other backs that have some legitimate talent. That's true, but you also have to you have also have to understand in the, in the, the scheme of the game, if Marlon Mack's already gashing them and you put in another back, there's really good chance that that back is going to do the same thing that they've been doing to the the, the defense all day. A change, I, I, a change of back usually, if if it, if that is what's going on. If they're gashing the defense, a change of back usually, you know, uh, results in the same thing. Well, I think Indianapolis's attack tends to be very run-heavy anyways. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's their blocking schemes and the way right. they run their offensive rushing attack that kind of opens up the holes for the backs. I, I Don't get me wrong, I think Marlon Mack's a very, very good running back, but I think any running back that you put into that scheme – with Jacoby Brissett on the field, right, is gonna have at least an okay game, right. And the Jaguars' rushing defense yeah, had no answers yeah, no, for anyone didn't. carrying the ball. Oh, so. They did not. You are right. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Foles looked solid in his return. His shoulder 
Eh, alright. Still, I mean, it wasn't horrible. His shoulder didn't... Did you watch him out there? Alright, he wasn't very productive. <laughs> his his right arm is still intact. Mm-hmm. Um, he completed 33 out of 47 passes. That's it's pretty good. Pretty solidly over two thirds. Yeah, yards per attempt though is not. Very yards good. per attempt is miserable, yeah, and most bad. of the yardage came in garbage time. Right. So. You don't want to see the interception, and you're not getting Leonard Fournette involved in that offense. If yeah, if you're if you're running your offense. Trying to like immediately running it through Nick Foles, that's just like I mean, come on, that's right. that's how you set yourself for, up for failure. Yeah. Fournette has been having a really good year. You keep feeding him the ball and you work in Foles on play action and anything that he can go. I mean, shit. Clearly, Nick Foles can run run pass option. So it, I mean, well, it more- my issue here is that Nick Foles comes back from a broken collarbone and is throwing side. Right. Which is, and he throws 47 passes in his right. first game. There's no load management there. Like, Man, yeah, I was say, that is the opposite of load you're management. You're setting him up to, to tear something. Like, America's favorite gym teacher, Frank Reich, did a bad job there. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, uh, Doug Marone. Sorry, not Frank Reich. Yeah, Doug, yeah, yeah. The ball needs to be given to Fournette, especially at this point while Foles is recovering. He shouldn't right. be throwing the ball north of 30, 35 times, never north, never mind, north right. of 45. And, 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 and the thing is, is like, you know, if, if Foles is the quarterback that you're going to be sticking with for even, even like next year or even the next two years, wouldn't you want to make sure you're, you're getting him healthy enough so that he can be doing, you know, can be throwing 47 times a game? Right. Like if you start that off way too early, like his first game back, why are you throwing 47 times with Nick Foles? Like you said, just coming back off a collarbone, uh, a broken collarbone. Right. Doesn't make any sense. You'd want to, you want to, you know, use load management. Run, you know, run the ball through Fournette. You're not making the playoffs this year. It would be much better if, you know, you actively tried to win games running the ball. Yeah. You have a running back that can do that. Your offensive line isn't that bad where you don't have to worry about Fournette like creating his own yards. The offensive line can create him you know, some, some decent space up front. Yeah, and, and I think your biggest point there is just cut your losses. You're not making the playoffs. Right, exactly. Save your, your talent for moving forward. Right. Look, let Minshew finish the year. Fuck, who oh, cares? Yeah. I know. Yeah, get the kid yeah. some more experience and, you know, more exciting. move on from there. Exactly. I'd rather watch Gardner Minshew get intercepted four times than watch Nick Foles throw the damn ball. I, I just, I don't... Right, I'd rather see Minshew out there getting reps in in a dead season right. than right. see Nick Foles dawdling around out there for no reason whatsoever. Exactly. And not only that, like, if he gets driven into the ground, he's going to re-break his collarbone. Like, it's that simple. Right. Um, anyways, I, I don't think that that situation for the Jags really matters. Um, the Colts get a, what is an important win, especially after the loss last week, um, to keep pace in that division. Um, and even bigger, the Texans did take that big loss this week. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, um, but that is huge for the landscape of the division there. Um, but we'll move on to the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, what was a piece of cake game for the Bills. Um, Gave up more points than I expected the defense to, but they scored a crap on Agreed. Um, and I, it was really nice to see John Brown finally had that connection with Josh Allen yeah. that I thought that they would have um, from the beginning of the year. Um, still not giving him credit though. Sorry, Josh Allen. Yeah, no. That's that's Zach, fine. Zach's still firmly on the train that Josh Allen. I, I, I don't care. Like you can put you put thirty seven up on the Dolphins. 
Congratulations. You want to fucking cookie Josh Allen? No, no, I'm all set. All right. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen's praises because he put up 37 on the Dolphins. All I'm saying is you remember that John Ross is on the team and John can Brown. actually score. Yes, John Brown. Sorry. Yeah. You remember that John Brown is on the team and right. can actually score. And yeah. he's the number that's one what, receiver. Like, like, he needs to get him the ball. Exactly. And if he if he was continuing during the season, now. I would give him some credit. Like, if he's finding his open receivers, I would give him credit. The games that I've been watching, where he has, where he is taking charge on that field, he looks to run the ball almost every single play. He's not that kind of quarterback. He is big. He can run the ball, but that's not what he should be doing. He's not Lamar Jackson. He can. He's not shifty. Like he's he's a big dude. He should be. Yeah, he's he no. Uh, no. He's no Daniel what? Jones. He's no Daniel Jones. <laughs> he's no Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, he He's actually very similar to Daniel's chat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess credit to uh, to to Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's better than than Daniel Jones. Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, I mean, but why yeah, do I you just think that. Why do I think I, that? Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't see what you guys see. I I just don't see it in Daniel Jones. I don't know. Like yeah, yeah, he had some good games, but I, I just I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I, I I'd have to I'd have to watch more of his film, but I just I don't know. Just there's something about him that I don't like. But anyways, um, enough of my personal bias. I, I think just, you don't like that he plays for the Giants and he reminds you of Eli Manning. Oh, no. yeah, he's definitely better than Eli Manning. Eli Manning, heap of trash. Not current Eli Manning. Even old Eli Manning was terrible. Old Eli Manning beat you twice. Yeah, on two. In- Incredible fluke. All right, we're not going to get into this. Incredible fluke plays. Trigger like, warning. Plays we didn't even intend to do trigger warning, and it's happening. I know. <laughs> who, who threw the ball when it was caught? Who, who threw the ball on those plays when it was caught by those receivers? You, Eli so Manning. the Texans-Ravens. <laughs> oh, wait, no, right. sorry. Cowboys-Lions. Yes, we did We did skip the Cowboys-Lions game. Um, this week's trigger warning is Brandon Bostick. Why you gotta do that? Yep. See? Why, Payback. Why you gotta do Payback. that? Payback. <laughs> so, so yeah, that one, bitch. Anyways, Cowboys, Lions, let's do this. Cowboys win that game 35-27. Um, Jack had another great week. Um, the Lions defense is terrible. Uh, good right. job, Patricia, for somehow making the Lions worse. I don't know how we managed to do that. I really... <laughs> he did it, but he did it. You have Trey Flowers on that defense. He should be getting to the quarterback, but what's that? He's supposed to be a defensive coach, too. That's why you bring him in. You didn't bring him in to fucking overcharge your offense. Yeah. I I think they have talent. I think they're on the the right path. On the offensive side of the ball, they've got some good talent. I mean, you know, TJ Hawkinson is his first year, but he's he's been pretty solid all season. Um, Their wide receiving core is actually pretty good. I mean, Kenny Galladay is great. Marvin Jones has been tearing it up. I mean, he's a touchdown scoring machine. Mm-hmm. Um, even Danny Amendola has like had had weeks here and there. Oh yeah, Danny Amendola is one of those receivers that's a, always a nice safety blanket to have. Right, right. But I mean, like it just like seeing him on the Patriots and other teams, it's like he was utilized in a better way. And like, I, it's nice seeing like he can actually function in another offense because like when he went to Miami, he was dog shit. Again, Miami. And, right, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know it's a, it's a product of the system, but. 
So I don't think there's much you saw. Uh, the yeah. the other thing here, uh, Amari Cooper was basically absent <laughs> for the whole game. I'm sure that sucks. Really yeah, well. another athlete I talked about and then didn't show up the next week. So that's great. Thank you. Perfect. Um, so so new segment. We'll talk about everything James said last week that was wrong. <laughs> don't even get me started on Clemson because <laughs> I I'm really gonna have to eat those Clemson words if they go deep. Oh Man. boy. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, a real quarterback, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the Lions, the Cowboys. Still shocked that the Lions are three six and one. I thought they had a better record than that. The fact that my Browns have a better record than them, and for some reason this entire time I've thought that the Lions were the better team. Statistically, not looking that way. No, um, and and the loss of their entire rushing game doesn't help anything. Um, and now the fact that Stafford's gone for a while is even worse. Um, their season is a complete and utter loss at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So, good job, Lions. Better luck next year. <laughs> you did it. Yay, you showed up. Anyways, uh, moving on to the Texas <laughs> Ravens. Um, what was one of our games of the week? I forget who, but... I don't remember, but it really wasn't It wasn't a game. It, it was not. It was not a game. It was more of a, a brutal slaughtering um, that people paid to watch. Oh, yeah. They, I hate they, to bring up college football again, but before we went into this, we talked about them, and I completely zoned on it. I think the NFL heavily promoted it. They're showing clips of the year before they got drafted when Louisville and Clemson played each other, and it was yes, a shootout. I, I saw that. This was the opposite of that. Yes. <laughs> Lamar did his thing. Oh, yeah. Deshaun, not so much. My other note I have for this game uh, is that Mark Ingram just looks like equal parts an overgrown baby and a bouncer. Uh, and that's after his interview where he had crazy eyes. You know, he kind of, he looks like a hairless gremlin, like from the movie. I... You're gonna have to search this, but like the head shape and everything, it's 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 pretty spot on. Like the Gremlins, the movie before, before turn into before. He's not wrong. No, see, I think it's before. I think after head shape probably, but um, but uh, I don't know if either of you guys saw that interview he gave introducing Jackson, but that was probably one of the funniest things out of this entire season because that was. I've never seen something more accurate than this. (laughs) <laughs> oh, if you want to see something more accurate, do you know what a thwomp is? Those giant block people from Mario that, like, hit the ground? Those are called. Yeah. Do you know who Sarah Huckabee Sanders is? Sarah Huckabee. Oh, she she used to be She used to be the uh, the press secretary for the, pres- the, for the president. Oh, we're getting political. Let's go. Uh-huh. I, it really, it just like it's just because I saw. Oh, her. that's not great. That's not a great look. Um, did you, did you look at her, or did you look at the thwomp? I know what a thwomp looks like. Yeah, but doesn't she look yeah, like a? No, thwomp? It's it. That's that's accurate. So let's accurate. keep it to the field, though. Yeah, right, this, this is a sports podcast. <laughs> just just stop. Famous look, look like there. All right, guys, let's move on. Uh, yeah, so the Ravens Texans game complete blowout. Uh, nothing really else there. Um, Falcons Panthers. Uh, surprisingly, Falcons take that game twenty nine to three. Kyle Allen complete shit show on the field. He threw what four interceptions, three interceptions. 
Yeah, something like that. that <laughs> four interceptions, and he, I think they had another he, turnover after that. He just they they could not get their game going. Um, Christian McCaffrey had a decent day on the ground, like he's always going to, but you know, not the kind of production that solicited a t- even a touchdown. So, um, you know, Falcons win two in a row. The defense looked good again. I mean, um, that that defensive front has has kind of is is really impressed me the past two weeks, especially against two really good offenses in the Saints and the Panthers. Yeah, it's it shocked me for damn sure. Um, I have nothing else I can really say about that. They they showed up. They they they've been there. I they've, I I just want to know what changed in in these last two weeks. I. I just, I, I just think they're like, Dan Quinn's gonna get fired. Let's go play, and make him look like a dumbass. I don't know. But now they're making him look good, and I don't think it's him that's looking good. I think the players are just balling. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it has, it has to be the players. But anyway. Well, if that's the case, then where was this the last eight weeks? Yeah. You can't say the players are just like, yeah. oh, let's play football now. That's, that's oh, not. The, the last you also can't just say, oh, Dan Quinn's like, oh, hey guys. Like, I changed everything. Here we go. Well, something changed. Something changed, right. Something changed. Right. <laughs> it could have been locker room attitude. It could have been, like, who knows? Right. I mean, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is... Don't forget, don't forget there were reports of Julio Jones being traded before the trade deadline because of how things were going inside the locker room. So, I mean, there could have been a cohesive, like, you know, people coming, the, the whole team coming together and saying, you know what, we're not having a good season. Screw it. Let's just play football and get this over with. I mean, and I mean, if if you know if that's what they did, it's clearly working. Two really impressive wins. Absolutely. Especially against divisional opponents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another divisional game, yep. same division. Same in division. fact, um, we got the Saints and the Buccaneers. Saints win 34 to 17. Um, <clears throat> big bounce back win for the Saints. Um, they looked much more like their old selves in this one. Um, really handled the Bucks with ease. The, the score is a little closer than the game was, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Bucks really never had a chance in this one. Um, and the Saints kind of emphasized their lead on the, the division down there, um, especially with the Panthers being in second place, taking that loss to the, or the Falcons. Can I say Michael Thomas, my non-QB MVP now? That man is unbelievable. Dude, literally... I, I don't think there's been a game where he's been under 100 yards. And, like, that's, that's like, me, like, I have him on my fantasy team. I don't think he's been under 100 yards for an entire, like, for a game this season. Like, I, I'm, there probably is one, but, like, I don't remember. I have he, a question for you. Yeah. Do you think um, it is more a product of Jameis Winston having yards is more of a product of his receivers or his own talent because he is third right now i think in passing if i'm not wrong i i definitely think okay back hello it's a bit close to uh, sorry we're looking at the stats from michael thomas um all right, there, there are there are a ton of games he's been under 100 yards, but not by much. Right, he's just I don't know if it's him just throwing the ball down the field, but like, yeah. 
he has Mike Evans and Chris yeah, Godwin, who are both like, still geez. top three in yards receivers. Two of those games were I, like 90 yards. Yes, whatever, so. um, I personally think that Jameis has some arm talent. I think more. He does. I think his issue lies between his ears. Yeah. I think his. I think you're right. I think his athletic ability is there. I think he's dumb. <laughs> I just. He doesn't have that football IQ. I mean. Or any IQ. Let's be honest. Any, I, mean, just, I mean, his stats this year are fucking solid, man. He's got a three thousand yards. He's got nineteen touchdowns, but then and what, like seventeen interceptions, interceptions or something. Yeah, eighteen interceptions and fifty-nine percent completed. Wait, does so, he actually have 18 interceptions? 18 interceptions on the nose. Wait, he has 19 touchdowns and 18 interceptions? Yes. I honestly oh, win the stats. That's, wow. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. But I, I, I think I – think If that I, does back up what we just said better than anything, I don't know what does. Well, to Athletic your point. ability there. He's dumb as a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, though, that just means he's throwing the ball a shit ton. I really think – I because, like – if you think about it like this, if it's instead of 19-18 in touchdowns and interceptions, he's 19-5. to Or even 19-10. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, a way, way smaller number than 18. 18 is usually a high number for interceptions in a season. Right. That's more than a... Interception a game right. over the course of a year. Right. I, I just that's think, just nuts. I think this year especially, I really think it's on his wide receivers, especially with a breakout season for Chris Godwin. I mean, mm-hmm. both him and Evans are carrying the wide receiver front this year, and, and, and just just think about it like this too. He's he's thrown eighteen interceptions in what ten games? Yep. He's throwing the ball way too damn much. Way too much. Like they they need to establish a running game down there right. to take the pressure off of Jameis and they're, they're limit yeah. the situations in which he's going to be throwing the balls right. into coverage like that. <laughs> Their record is reflected in his interception numbers. If they're letting him control the game, they're obviously going to continue to lose because he's throwing way too many interceptions. Agreed. I would just say, I would just say, I would have to take a look and see how the defense is responding to turnovers because clearly they they must be up there in overall turnovers. Yeah. I mean, if the dude is throwing 18, I, I can only imagine how many fumbles that the whole team has given up. But oh no, his fumble rate is awful too. I just can't. Oh, find. Just, that's what I'm saying. Like, but I would be curious to see. Um the points scored off of turnovers for their opposing teams as a whole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because think about it like this. If you were able to find that number and say, okay, let's take away – let's just take away three interceptions. I guarantee you there's one or two games in there that they could have won. Yeah. With that, You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. If that interception number comes back right. down to earth, right. they, they may have – one they may have a much better. Wins. They they hell they may be in the wild card race right now. Yeah, agreed. I can't find their turnovers, but their turnover ratio is minus ten. Wow, horrendous. That's awful. Yeah. But well, 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 no, overall, if, if they're only bad. a minus ten, and Jameis Winston's thrown eighteen interceptions alone, yeah. 
that's not bad. They're they're creating turnovers and they haven't fumbled the ball much. Doesn't sound like. No. I got all right. No, that no, no spin zone. That's fine, but shit on turnovers. Right. Not more than Patriots though. Patriots have an insane amount of turnovers. Yes. Uh, so I think that's enough time spent looking at a mostly irrelevant game here. For James Winston. Um, yeah. James Winston really is the the story in Tampa Bay at this point, and what's going to happen moving forward? Because, I mean. He's serviceable, but I think they need to find someone that's going to win them games instead of lose them games. Right. And right now he's... He's losing them games. Um, I can see a big quarterback switch up this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of teams that could very well do with not even an upgrade, but a refresh. Just yeah, real a, a different... Different scenery. A, exactly. A change yeah. of scenery. Yeah. Do the get uh, Tua and sit him behind Jameis for a year? No, I, I think Tua can learning. learn yeah. nothing yeah. relevant from James. They'll start stealing crab legs and eating dubs. That's yeah. just not. We don't need that. We don't. We don't want. We don't want we Tua don't listening stop, to anything stop. James has to We're say. Good. We're good on that. Uh, moving on to the Broncos and the Vikings, um, game. a game that I was very disappointed in the outcome of. I mean, of course, but um, the Vikings taking the game. Good job, from- Dad. <laughs> this is this is the. Uh, the degenerate gambler's pick of the week because she picked the Vikings to beat the Broncos. She's still in the pool and she's still up for that 60 G's. Just an update. She wanted me to say that, so that's to you, babe. <laughs> so, um, great thing for Zach's girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Jay's is like, what the fuck? Painful loss for Packers and the Packers fans. Um, <laughs> the Broncos had a pretty strong grip on that game, which they relinquished. Very, very quickly to the Vikings, oh, um, they yielded. Dude, it, was, it was a good week for comebacks, man. It Vikings, was. I uh, fucking Oklahoma came back 28-3, but <laughs> it was happening. Yeah. Um, Where have I seen that before? <laughs> um, so that, that was a game that looked really interesting. Uh, the Vikings def- or offense woke up three-quarters of the way through that game, um, was able to find a way to pull it out. Uh, they look like a team that's going to be really tough to beat down the stretch. Um, they always hang in the game, and you're not going to beat them easy. Do you think Kirk Cousins, my illegitimate father, is just like Rob Schneider in like a football movie where he ends up as the quarterback and doesn't know what he's doing, but he throws the ball, and it somehow like turns into him becoming the MVP? <laughs> you know I, what I'm trying to say? I, 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 I understand do. what you're trying to say, however... Um, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Kirk would either. No. Um, I, I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than he gets credit for. That's true. Um, the, the dude really doesn't do anything wrong. He gives his team a chance to win. and Yeah. He, he, oh, the stats over the years don't lie. Um, he's been solid. I, I think he's a, a top ten quarterback. <laughs> We have some dispute. We have some dispute here, but we're gonna we're gonna keep the train rolling. We'll save that maybe for next podcast, gentlemen. Next podcast, we'll yeah, move on. Forty ers Forty ers Cardinals. Another really good game. Um, last time these two teams played, the Forty ers had to come back, make their own comeback. Um, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like a good quarterback, huh, guys? Sometimes. <laughs> Inconsistently when he wants to. Yeah, that's fair. But hey, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I really wanted Kyler to pull it off at the end there. I don't, 
honestly, I did too. Like, I, like, like I, I'm not. I, I watching him play is very exciting. I love Kyler Murray. Murray, I love what he brings to the table. Um, he just he reminds me of Russell Wilson like so much. He does. He really um, does. Obviously, smaller. Right. Um, right. Faster. Right. But he has the same kind of throwing style. The same. The, the same really like, like you know, oomph on the ball too. Yeah. He can throw the ball. He can run. Yeah. Um, and I think he played a very, very good game against mm. an insanely good defense. defense. An elite defense. Um, and no, so sure to put up pass touchdowns and the one on the ground. Um, yeah. That's the a solid Cardinals, game. He kept his team in the it. The Cardinals yeah. are about to be that team you cannot count out no matter what. I think they just need yeah. a, a little bit of an upgrade on defense. Uh, um, they need to be able to hang in at the end and close games out. They could use they um, can they can come back on a lot. Um, but yeah, I think if they can shore up a defense that can close out a game for them, they'll be a, a team to, to beat. Definitely. Yeah, the NFC West is about to be a lot of fun for a few years. Yeah. yeah also, like I mean, you know, obviously you have the 49ers and the and the uh, Falcons, the Seahawks right now who are you know just on a tear. But the Rams were really good last year. They're not so great this year, and the Cardinals are on the uptick. So. That'll be a fun division moving forward. Everything's in circles, baby. Uh, in circles. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, Zach, I will let you take our next game away. Sure. Um, Patriots-Eagles, all you. Um, I mean, I wrote something about this today on the blog. Um, you know, just uh, in jest, calling it the Foxborough special. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. I know. Um, I was just saying, basically, you know, that that's the kind of play that the Patriots run when they need an offensive spark. It always seems to do the trick because the last time that they ran a play like this was the 2014 divisional game against the Ravens. They were down 28-21. Um, Brady tosses a lateral over to Edelman on the left side. Amendola frees down on the streak on the left side, and uh, you know Edelman catches him in stride for what I think it was like a 30-something yard touchdown or whatever. But that ties the game, and they go on to win that game, obviously. And then go on and win the Super Bowl. So I mean, I, I know I know it's really, really like it's more of an over exaggeration for me to say that one play can change the course of a season, but like that was the game deciding play. That right. was the game deciding play. No other play in that game like meant more to the the outcome. Agreed, you know and and I feel like the Patriots used those plays. In those situations, in those situations perfectly. only, um, they don't use trick plays unless they feel like it's going to either change the momentum right. or irre- irreversibly change the the right. outcome of a game. Right. Um, and I, I think they used it. They timed it perfectly. Um, I mean, earlier in the game, they had a couple of drives in the red zone um, that just sputtered out. I think they they had a couple. They you know they had two twenty twenty one yard field goals. And then, um, you know, no, uh, um, fuck, what, what's the kicker's name? Folk, Nick Folk. Uh, yes, Nick Folk had to um, kick like a 39-yard field goal. So, I mean, um, good for him. I'm glad Nick Folk was reliable this game. Um, it just go, it, it shows that um, that'll be good for us, uh, the Patriots moving forward. But um. It was after the half, you know what I mean? The first drive after the half, Patriots needed a score. They can't keep, can't have kept kicking field goals all game or else they would have lost. 
Right. Just, they really they really needed that score, and I definitely think that that play changed the entire momentum of the game, as did the Philly special, which is my whole point why I'm calling it the Foxborough special, because it really changed the momentum of the game. Um, the same thing with the Philly special is that it was fourth down, fourth and goal. If the Patriots stopped them, they had momentum. They could have went down and scored because that game was just a – the whole can of worms was open. So, uh, so uh, watching, you know, those – trick plays with you know, people that don't normally throw the ball, throwing the ball. Um, what do you think the value of having receivers and other position players on your team that can throw the ball? I mean, we saw it this week with Cortland Sutton as well. Yeah. Uh, he threw that 38-yard pass. Which was um, awesome. That was so cool. We've seen Mohamed Sanu throw the ball more. Which is another – the Patriots are probably another stack um, non-KBs. Mohamed Sanu has a cannon. Mohamed Sanu is a – would be a serviceable quarterback, yeah. I think. He's like it's like like Terrell Pryor, basically. Yeah. Except the very, opposite. Very way. similar. But um. PTP. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I definitely think I definitely think the Patriots are king when it comes to utilizing trick plays in the right moments of a game. Um, they just they know when they need a huge momentum swing. They know what play they need, and uh, you know it usually works out in their favor. Um, this was just another showing basically for me. Um, uh, other than that, Patriots defense, again, had a great, great day against a, a pretty decent Eagles offense. Um, haven't, they haven't been as vertical as they have liked to have been or have been in the past. And they're missing um, a lot of weapons. They are, but Zach, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz had a pretty good day until, um, they put Stefan Gilmore on him and then he Dude, had... how about Stefan Gilmore calling Zach Ertz a baby bag bitch? I, th- honestly, I think that's more from... Super Bowl 52, it's like the Super Bowl 52 payback, because I think like if you think about it, Stefan Gilmore said something about Zach Ertz, and then we had Bill Belichick um, mentioning that, oh, the guys had fun out there, which was really a stab at Lane Johnson, because Lane Johnson was like I'd rather win one Super Bowl and have fun than be miserable and win five Super Bowls, which is just asinine, because like if you win five Super Bowls, I would feel like you would have fun. I mean, that's just my... Anything that the Patriots Eventually players sixth. go through during the season yeah. is completely justified at the end when yeah. you win, you know, another I mean, Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, no one can take that one Super Bowl away from Lane Johnson, but I mean, I'd rather have six Super Bowls be miserable for 99% of the time to be happy that 1%, right. and have the accolades, and have the, you know, everything. Sure. I just think Lane Johnson let his uh, big head exactly. get but how worried with you were you with uh, how much Brady was kind of moving out of the pocket and getting hit in this game though? Um, so I'm not worried because I know that his offensive line is dog shit. Um, I'm I will be worried this week. Um, if a Demarcus Lawrence is healthy, which I don't know if he's going to be because he got hurt last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and b if Isaiah Wynn can step up and be a, the first-round pick that they spent on him at the left tackle position. They need him. Yeah, activate on the IR today. Correct. He needs to stay. He needs to to play to his first-round potential because if he doesn't, the the they're screwed. They just needs to play. Period. Um, Marshall, Marshall Newhouse is the worst left tackle in the league. So <laughs> literally. Even if he's on crutches, if he blocks one more than the Marshall Newhouse ever did, then I, it's an automatic upgrade. So when when's got a little more side to side mobility, you'll you'll enjoy right. that. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
so I'm I'm the guy who does a lot of our live tweeting for like the football games and stuff. Yeah. And I gotta say, man, Philly Twitter was ripping apart Alshon Jeffrey on that pass. Like, chill. That was not an easy pass. You know the one I'm talking about, the deep bomb. Yeah. Where he like tried to contort himself fucking around five different ways to try to catch it. Well, no, well, I don't think Alshon I think if that happens to another receiver, they don't catch as much heat. Um, I think Alshon like catches that heat because A is the number one receiver, and B paying him all that damn money. He drops probably fifteen percent of the passes that you throw to him. That's true. I, I think I you know drop, I've always been not. I've always been curious to see where the Amari Cooper hand effect went, and apparently it went to Alshon Jeffrey because I, I, when he when he, when Amari Cooper his second year with the Raiders or you know the not the second year but like. Uh, that second year with Derek Carr and Michael Crabtree, they dropped balls like it was their fucking job. They they oh, were like absolutely. 30%, 35% drop rate. And then he obviously got traded to the Cowboys and has been phenomenal. Hasn't dropped a ton of – like he has not dropped as many passes at all as before. Um, I just think – I guess Alshon Jeffrey caught the Amari Cooper bug. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but according to Max Kellerman, that's just because Carson Wentz doesn't know how to lead his team. Um, so stupid. Anyways, moving on, um, we have another game that was a little bit surprising in the fact that one team did not score as many points as we all thought they would. Real quick before I move on, just so you guys all know, uh, Amar, or, um, Alshon Jeffrey's drop rate is 9.3%, which puts him at 18th in the league in receivers. Wow, so my 15% was not too far off. I thought that was going to be over-exaggerated by a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> good call. Right, so Bengals Raiders. Bengals Raiders. Um, I thought the Raiders offense, as good as they've been recently, would put a lot more points up on a pathetic Bengals team. Um, yeah. But I guess that's kind of been the theme this year, um, with teams not performing as expected. Um, the Raiders did do enough to pull out the win, 17-10. to 10. Um, Thoughts on the game, boys? Um, I honestly... Didn't pay attention to this game. Uh, I, I I really didn't. Uh, it's not one of the games that I would have had on my slate. Um, I definitely think that the Raiders obviously did just enough to kind of coast by. Um, I feel like I feel like this is kind of a game that they should be like it's you know R and R. Should be like yeah we'll we'll just kind of take it easy because we'll definitely coast by the Bengals and you know they won by a touchdown so. Whatever. See, my issue with that is I don't think the Raiders are a team that can afford to play R&R games. <laughs> no, but I no, mean, no, it's definitely. Especially where they definitely, are. They're fighting for that position. No, no, right. They're, they're, fight, they're definitely fighting for – so they're fighting for a spot, definitely. But, I mean, if there's any game where you want to be like, all right, let's not kill Josh Jacobs and give him way too many lo- – like, way too much workload, it's this game. Fair. Um, Speaking about how they couldn't afford to lose this – I did not realize this, but the Raiders are only one game back on the Chiefs right now. They yeah. are the Chiefs are seven yeah. and four. The Raiders are six and four. Yeah, they're a half game back. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so funny. Um, yeah, that division is shaping up to be real interesting. That's going to be a fight to the end. Um, the Chargers aren't out of that hunt yet. Um, I think not statistically. I think talent wise, they might be with Phillip Rivers is right now. Yeah, Rivers has looked rough the last couple of weeks. Uh, we'll talk about that in a couple. In a couple. Like, we'll go more into Rivers, but man, 
So that is not the same quarterback that we're no. using. No, he does not look he just, the same. He, looks, he looks like he's got nothing left in the tank. I mean, four picks, especially against – I mean, yeah, the Chiefs defense is kind of on the up and up, but it's the Chiefs defense, man. Come on. They have nothing. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about, let's talk about Matt, Nag, Matt Nagy whispering in uh, Trubisky's ear before we get there. All right. Oh. In, it's in nothing. right there. Drew, you want, you want to lead us into the Bears here? Yeah, absolutely. Um. The Bears, again, with an absolute egg of an offensive showing. Uh, Trubisky, while healthy. That's my fart sound. (laughs) Trubisky, even though healthy, could not finish the game because he is an utter pile of steaming dog duty. I I saw some stats that I'll go over in just a second with you guys. Yeah. um, The Rams really needed the win. Yeah. Good on them for scoring on the the Bears' defense. Um, That looks, you know, a little bit promising for an offense that's been sputtering hard this year. Uh, It was good to see Todd Gurley back and running. Exactly. They're they're finally utilizing him. Um, But I I think the biggest story still is is the Bears' complete offensive ineptitude. Yeah. Um, and Zach, let, let's hear your, your so, fun stats of the day. Um, I, I was just scrolling on Facebook and happened to see this little NFL tidbit that uh, when healthy, um, Mitchell Trubisky is ranked the number 35 quarterback in the league. Oh my God. Meaning there are three backup quarterbacks that are better than Mitchell Trubisky for this year. <laughs> that is, I love that stat. I really That's hope one of them is. Um, uh, The backup for the freaking Colts. Why can't I think of I don't one? think it's Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. I really hope Brian Hoyer is one of them. I think Hoyer. the obvious two are Jacoby, uh, not Jacoby Brissett. No. Um, what's his face? Oh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, that's fair. And Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's that's fair. But I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. That's like really bad. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's horrendous. Teddy Bridgewater played really well when he was asked he, to step in. He did, but he also had the best wide receiver. So. And Minshew was pretty good for his first. I'll give him that one. Um, how did, but uh, how did Matt Nagy go from being coach of the year last year to this? And I'm like, I'm not gonna pull it all off of like um, him because obviously Mitch has been bad. But Matt Nagy is coaching. He's made some bad decisions too. Agreed. Like, um, I definitely think it has something to do with the fact that um, he can't find a decent kicker. So that, I think that's his, part of it. His lack, his lack of confidence at the kicking position is just completely throwing him off everywhere else. I think a big part of it, honestly, is losing Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator. That's also fair. Um, the defense does not look as dominant no. as they did last year. They're a good defense for sure, but they are not the absolute None. shutdown. You're not getting any yards on us type of defense that we saw last year. Even Mac hasn't looked the same this year. He's looked kind of flat. He's had yeah, games. And- not the same Mac. I think that stems from the rest of the defense not playing quite as well. Um, so you have a lot more ability to focus on Mac. Um, I think they take a, a pretty solid downgrade at strong safety from Amos to, to Ha Clindix. Um, <laughs> and and just a couple players, like you said, that, that don't look like they did last year. No. Uh, the, the Bears are pretty much out of hope, I think. Um, uh, yeah, that's a very fair statement. I, I could back that wholeheartedly. 
So, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much all we got for that game. Um, moving on to the Chiefs Chargers, Monday kind of, night Chiefs Chargers, yeah, Mexico City with a field bad. in pristine condition. Yeah, no, air, air <laughs> quote, unquote. Air These Mexico City games, man. They're terrible. I mean, the field conditions are just atrocious. Like, I, I don't know why they continue to do this. Like, I get you want to expand your market. But please, for the love of God, just fly in some goddamn turf or something. Like, I don't know what you need to do to make that a better situation. But I guarantee you, the next Mexico City game you have, you're going to get serious injuries. I mean, it's happened before. Yeah, and, and it's a joke at this point. What? Why is this the issue every time? Why can you not go survey the field and make sure it's ready to play on a week beforehand? Right. You have You have them scheduled. You know when they're playing. It's not like it's oh we're flexing this game. You're going to Mexico City this week, which would be even more fun. I think the I think the Chiefs GM is the, also the guy who does like international affairs for the NFL. Right. Well, I right. think that that's why the Chiefs are always slated to play that Mexico City game. I think the last time they're supposed I think it was supposed to be Chiefs Raiders or something. Oh yeah, they had to move it back. I'm yeah, sure. the earthquake I think prevented that one. Right. You were right. Yeah, that was last year. Um. But yeah, the, and, and so that, that just baffles me even more because wouldn't you think that if it's your own team that's going down every year, you would make sure that the field is good so that way they wouldn't get hurt? Yeah, right. especially but after it, your star quarterback. It's uh, just like, it, it, that's just bizarre. Three, three games ago? Well, I just feel like the, the player safety committee should be all over that. I feel like oh, yeah. they should be the ones down there being like, all right, this field is okay or this field is not okay beforehand. As soon as that field is ready and they're not playing soccer on it, I think that might be the problem, too. It's football. Right. Football. (laughs) Football. But I think that's part of the issue, too, is that they're still playing soccer on the field. How many many days beforehand are they changing the field over to American football? Damn, I was hoping to catch you with that one. I hope we're going to say football. I don't know what the turnover is for that. Yeah, I don't know. They they so, gotta be smarter with it though because it's becoming an issue every year it seems like. Absolutely, and to be scheduling games in Winnipeg for the preseason on fields. Oh that, shit! Like, no, last year last year it was the boycott year. There were players who were boycotting playing because they saw pictures of Estadio Azteca and they were like, yep. no. Yes. <laughs> That's what yep. that was. Right. I forgot about that. That's well, well, honestly. Good for them for standing up for themselves because they really could have caught and seriously. I remember seeing pictures of the field and it was just yeah. It, you look at the field and your ankles hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great two concussion just thinking about that field. Right. So if you're gonna play games out of the country, make sure the conditions are right or don't even yeah, bother. No kidding. No yeah. kidding. Well, um, yeah. So those are our games from this past week. Um. I'm just going to go into some quick NHL news. Um, so the podcast, um, Taping the Shaft, that'll be up for you guys um, probably at the end of this week. Um, our friend Brett is sick, so he has not been able to tape that with me. Um, I think we're going to do it tomorrow for you guys, so hopefully it'll be up by tomorrow night or uh, Thursday morning at the latest. But um, Bruins played a game tonight, dominated the Devils 5-1. Pasternak scores two goals. To extend his goal scoring lead to 19 on the season, um, Matt Grizzlick had two Bruins goals this early. game. What's that? Yeah. Are the Bruins peaking too early? Yes. Uh, no, they're not. Let me tell you why. 
there's always ebbs and flows in the game. If you peak at mid-season, you're peaking too early. If you're peaking at the beginning of the season, you have kind of a middle, kind of middle of the pack mid-season. If you turn it on at the end, that's when you're supposed to peak. If you peak at the end, you're doing it right. Well, and the Bruins have had that little stretch of adversity that they had to go through the that four or five game right. stretch where they were really hurting actually. Right, they were hurting, but I mean they still managed to get two points. They still right. managed to, to uh, get points. My point is that, they haven't just been all hunky dory all season long. It's right. not like they haven't lost a game yet or anything crazy like that. Right. They're they're consi- they're they're consistent in the the way that they're playing. Um and you know, if whether they're losing, winning or going into OT and obviously losing in the shootout because they literally cannot figure shootouts out for some reason but uh they um you know they're they're pretty pretty consistent which is what they're going to need because if they want to elevate their game to win a stanley cup this year they're going to need to be consistent because if they're not then you're going to see the bruins of 2014 when they won the president's trophy and then came out and laid an absolute goose egg against the canadians in seven President's trophy is a curse. It really is. I mean, the, name the last team to win the Stanley Cup that also won the President's trophy. Didn't like the Blackhawks. No. Oh, okay. The abridged season, yes, but that I don't count that. I really don't count that. Because mm-hmm. again, I mean, you did say you did say the name the last team, and then Drew named the last team. No, no, that's fair, but to my point, to my point though, in a bridge season, completely changes the way that games are played because you right, can play them harder, you can play them faster. Right. No, for sure, but you I should apologize to Drew. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. I stand by my take. Drew can fuck off. Over oh, Drew, over oh, two, and you getting apologies on this podcast. I I and know. Actually, <laughs> One and one, or I don't know you how you actually to apologize to Chris. Oh, I didn't ask to apologize. Yeah, you don't have, you don't I, have to. Was... Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. But anyways, um, uh, you know, so a couple other things around the NHL. Um, the Blues. The Blues are somehow miraculously killing it without Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, I wanted um, to make one more point yeah. about the Blues. Yeah. The last two games without Patrice Bergeron. That's a big point. Correct. Well, usually, so. Here's the thing. Whenever they lose a top player, they always seem to gel. And it, it always happens at the same time. Like, you know, the, the issue lies when they get that player back. It takes a couple of days to readjust. And that's when they lose games. So they've been without Patrice Bergeron for I don't know how many games. I think it was this one and the last one. I think right. It's been two games. Right. So the last game they lost in overtime. They, they lost in a shootout to the Capitals. So, you know, they took the Capitals to a shootout, which is really good because the Capitals, the Capitals are the best team in the NHL right now. And usually the Capitals give the Bruins a hard time. Um, just for as an example, last year in the opening night game, they lost 7-0. Mm-hmm. So they, they haven't had good luck against the Capitals. Oh, historically, too. Or, or, or in the, in the, the playoff series. Yeah, 2012. I, know. I, still, I don't want to talk about shots at Braden Hopi's chest. Ugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Capitals are the best team in the league. They took the Capitals to a shootout. Uh, they cannot, for the life of them, win a shootout, but that's, I guess that's beyond the, beyond the point, but, but yeah, so Bruins are on, Bruins are good, up, up and up right now. They got Bergeron back, um, are going to get Bergeron back eventually, so. <laughs> Other than that, any, you get, you, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? The whole NHL chat just went. 
Bruins, 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 Blues, Bruins, Bruins, Bruins. That's it. Well, well, no, I was going to say um, if Drew had anything about the Blues because they're his favorite team. They beat the Lightning tonight, 3-1. They, to did, they, they did. did? Okay, because I noticed – Another one of my favorites. I was going to say I noticed that the Lightning were winning one nothing uh, in the second period when I was I watching. They were winning. They were tied for a bit, and then the Blues okay. beat no. That's fair. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the Blues are a great story. Like, um, it's crazy to me – it's crazy for me that a team that's driven with such front six talent can lose one of those players and still tear it up. Lose a couple of those players. I mean, Perron's no longer there. Right, you lose Perron. Right. Sarasenko's okay. hurt. He's up for five Steen was hurt. Steen was hurt as well, right. So they're, somehow they're pulling up players that are just killing it. How Now, however, Jordan Bennington, on the flip side, has not been doing so great as of late. It's their offense that's been powering them past in these games. The goaltending hasn't been where it has been in the past. Especially in the playoffs, Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington was an absolute force. And I, again, I think that comes with the ebbs and flows of the regular season. I also um, think it's sophomore, sophomore kind of thing too. Right, and this is his first full year. Right. So he came in halfway through last year. See what happens. Season around. Yeah. I, I don't think it's reasonable to expect that he'll continue that, you know, consistently. Um, but. Right. It's good to see that the team can, you know, function again without a key piece and a couple key pieces. Really. A couple key pieces yeah. and when the goalie isn't, you know, on yeah. top of his game. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the year plays out. I mean, we're really at the quarter mark already of the NHL season, which is crazy to think about. Um but I mean, you know, you have really weird, really surprising teams in the top three of their division. Vancouver, Edmonton, um, Colorado even. like Colorado was good last year, but then they fell off right, like, right towards the, 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 third, the third quarter and end of the season. Um, Montreal has been so much better than they have been last year. Um, the Islanders are back again. Um, not surprised because Barry Trotz is a really good coach, um, and he sets up a really good defensive scheme for teams that he plays for, or he coaches for, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. So... But just some surprising teams so far this year that have, have been really good. Um, and you'll definitely get a little more of that um, in taping the shaft when we uh, release that to you guys either tomorrow or Thursday. So um, hope you guys are looking forward to that. Um, otherwise, um, you know us. We're always um, open to comments, questions, concerns, anything you guys got. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Votasports. Um, we are Our website is the Votasports dot wordpress.com Boda is all capitalized um and you can check out our our podcast we have apple music spotify um some of them are on youtube so if you want to look at us goofy ass motherfuckers doing a podcast we are also on youtube um and um i think that is it for us tonight guys a late podcast for us it's about midnight uh 12 15 here um but Thank you guys so much for listening to us. As always, I am Soggy Boy. We have Drew and our boy James. And uh, Chris, wherever you may be, rest in spaghetti. (laughs) All right. Peace out, guys. Be easy, voted people. Love you.